Welcome to the Kavod Family Podcast. Kavod Family exists for the restoration of families and the transformation of communities. What's up, everybody? This is Travis Shook with the Kavod Family Podcast, and we've got... Casey Wilson. It's good to be with you again. It's been a it's been a full week, hasn't it? Yes, you you skipped town and went and played all week <laughs> while we all worked. I did what every one of us needs here and there to do, and that is I I did. I got out of town Tuesday and ran off with my family, my kids. We ran down to Florida, and thankfully there was there was a good bit of sunshine, and so um, we got we got burnt and we played in the water and we loved on some family. It, it was an awesome time. And right before you left, you got everybody sick up here. <laughs> that, is, that is it's so true. That is we went not what so happened. the weekend before we left, we went and visited that facility. In South Carolina, right? That really cool facility. And then I'm like at this burger place with y'all, and I'm like, man, my back's starting to hurt. And my lower back is like where it starts if I'm getting sick. And Liv's looking at me, she's like, oh, no. Got home late Saturday night, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. I didn't leave the couch (laughs) except for to go to the bathroom, and that was it. Maybe you just needed some rest. Maybe your body just needed a break. What was happening to my intestines was not a break. I don't know what that was awful. I don't know who you got it from, but it wasn't me. The gentleman I rode with down to South Carolina because we we carpooled, he did not get sick. So if I didn't transmit it to him and pass it on, you know, and I was with him in the car for gosh four hours down and maybe, four hours maybe. back. So needless to say, it's been a lovely week. I'll just say, Heather, if you're listening, it was not me. Okay, happy birthday! It was not me that gave this to you. Anyway, um, we are back on the Kavod Family Podcast. It has been uh, a full week for all of us. We got away and did a little bit of family time and did some other things. But we wanted to jump back on and talk about, we wrapped up a a few podcasts, some episodes on communication, um, brought in the ladies. They shared some things. Then we had Um, Sam on. We had Sam on. What a great guy. We've got some other people that are... are, um, in the lineup coming? Yeah, already produced and ready to be released, and a few others that are going to come in and join us. And I love that. I love being able to get the voice of the town, people in the town to come in and share what God's doing in their life and through their their business, their career, how he's leading them. So that's that's a little bit of what we've got going on. It's so cool just to see, like what you said, how God has his body doing the same thing, even if you don't know about it. Like, obviously, you know that it all doesn't center and revolve around yourself, but you often don't hear the other stories. When you hear the other stories, you're like, man, yeah, that's cool, you know? <laughs> it's it's just cool to kind of fan that flame and, and catch bits and pieces of people's stories. Well, I, I, I think there really is that part of all of us that struggle to connect the reality that God is the Father over all things, the Chief Father, and the King over all things. And in many ways, He's ruling and reigning and guiding so much of our day and we never stop and give him credit for it. We never praise him. We never thank him for a million things that happen today that we just take for granted. You know, it's like being a father. Your children take so much for granted that you do behind the scenes. They never yes. see it. Just magically their underwear appears clean and they never acknowledge mom or say thank you for it. And yet you are working tire- tirelessly behind the scenes to make sure that they have a happy life, a healthy life. And if you're like life. me, you list everything and make them know <laughs> what's up. <laughs> God is more gracious than you, my friend. Yes, he is. <laughs> oh, so we wanted to, to talk today. Um, we're going to talk about a subject just about, uh, it's a little bit on the why, why we do what we do, 
why we influence the community that we're a part of, and then we want to just deeply encourage everybody with some things. God's but, faithfulness in all of that and through all of that. <clears throat> He's so good, isn't he? I've got some fun stories from this recent trip that we went on with our kids that that we'll share. Uh, but before I wanted to pay, play this clip, I came across, and this is a clip with Jordan Peterson. Jordan Peterson has kind of become a voice uh, for this this hour. You know, he's become one of these. Whether you love him or whether you hate him, he's a strong voice, meaning he's a man of conviction. He has his opinions and his thoughts, and he's not just wavering, like just wishy-washy. Very articulate. Speaks well. He does. He speaks very well, and and because of that, many people are drawn to him. You know, He's become kind of a, a guide or an influence in many ways. But here's a clip. I don't know what it's from, You know what, what the rest of the context is, so we're just going to rob this clip and talk on it for a moment, moment but uh, here it is. It's important for lost young people, male and female alike, to develop a vision and take on some responsibility and understand that they have a vital role to play in the world, that the lack of their best hurts everything. And I think that's true. And the sad thing is that very, there's very many people who have not heard an encouraging word in their life. And it takes so little to encourage them that it's rather tragic. You know, I have people come up to me, and I mean all, and by all the time, I mean many people every day in the lectures and on the street who tell me, I was in a bad place, I was struggling, I've been watching your lectures, I've been reading your book, I've put my life together, I'm trying to be responsible, tell the truth, things are way better, thank you. And so that's, can't, can't get any better than that. So what a great what a great clip from uh, Jordan Peterson, and we'll put the link in the podcast. Uh, but there's two things that we want to talk about in this, and the first one he makes note of is just this vision and responsibility that he paints for uh, lost young people, right? And and let's extend that. I don't think it's just lost young people. Let's just talk about people in general. There's a there's a there's a normal kind of misguidedness in culture today because they don't have that plumb line that governs their convictions of what is right and wrong, good and evil, what they should and should not do. And that's why Jordan has been so good because he paints simple things for people. He puts simple you know, goals and opportunities in front of people and he puts boundaries there. He tells you what is right in his eyes and what is wrong in his eyes. And then he kind of commends you and pushes you off on a mission, right? And so for in this clip, he says, you know, young people need to get a vision and they need to learn how to take responsibility. And uh, so that's just one of the things that he's big on. He's big on people to, to grab a hold of whatever opportunity is in front of you and do it to your best ability. Try, learn, work hard, succeed, fail, like just go after something and benefit the community that you're a part of. And uh, I think there's, Travis, I think there's a lot of truth to that. Uh, to that saying that young people need to grab hold of something and and just go after it and learn, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. And I mean, obviously, I'm going to paint that narrative that Jesus is the thing to go for and to grab a hold of, and it gives you the cornerstone, like Sam talked about in the last episode, the foundation of what you need to go chase anything, whether you fail or succeed. He's your base. He's your your filter for life. But what what I thought it was good is, he challenges you to have a conviction. He challenges you to have a why in there. And Scripture talks about—I'm not sure exactly. We'll see if we can find the 
the book and the verse and put it in the bottom. But it talks about a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. He's like a wave in the ocean tossed to and fro. And it's like, if you really think about that, if you don't have a conviction or a why or a reason why you're living your life, man, you're just going to be tossed all over the place in one day. If you think about everything that you encounter on a daily basis with emotions and money and family and business and kids and sports and traffic lights, like you're going to be all over the place unless you have a focal point, unless you understand why you're here. And then he raises the bar even more in that video, and he says the lack of your best hurts everything. So so I'm going to say that again. The lack of your best hurts not only you, but everything. Hurts your family, hurts your friends, hurts your community, hurts your business, hurts your sports team, whatever it is. The lack of your best, of you not pursuing your full potential. Yeah, you're referring to James chapter 1 there, uh, right in the beginning, verse 8 specifically. But let me read that section of verses, and then we'll talk about it, because it's important. Uh, starting at verse 5, it says, If any of you lacks wisdom, which is what uh, which is what Jordan Peterson is offering a lot of people, a yeah. source of wisdom. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without repro- reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubt, uh, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. And so what, what he's saying here is that if you go to the Lord and ask, you have to you have to continue to believe that God will reveal and give wisdom to you, that he's the source, that he's going to unfold and teach you his ways, whether it be by going back to the scriptures and reading and continuing to contend and asking good questions and going to people that are wise and finding those sources, or that he'll unfold it to you in some kind of um, experience in life or revelation, that he will guide you and give you the wisdom that you need, right? That you're not double-minded. You're not going to ask and then also run off and just seek the world for counsel and kind of pretend like God isn't going to be there and give you an answer, you know, like he's not real. So I kind of want to run through several scriptures, but that one connects the, makes a segue for us. Um, the standard that he, or the challenge that he invokes in that is the lack of our best hurts everything. Yeah. So then in Scripture, Romans eight nineteen it says, For all of creation eagerly longs for the revealing of the sons of God. So all of creation is waiting for God's children to take their place. Yeah. To lead. So the lack of their best hurts creation. Yeah. Well, I mean, just think of that picture, and, and we've got to own this. If you've... We're, you and I were born into this world, and we make assumptions when we're born into it, like this is just everything's good and everything's great, and we just do our part in this life. But this, you're in my life. I mean, I've only been alive. I'm 39 years old, right? You're you're 52, and so uh, we. <laughs> what are you? 21? How old are you right now? 31. Uh, welcome to the club, my friend. You made the 30s. Uh, but we're a part of, of a much bigger story, right? Like this life is not just our little window. And so we're a part of a much bigger, bigger story where God created a world and that world has fallen in, in, in every way to some degree in the sense that it is not perfect. It's not perfectly under God's control and it's not perfectly ruled by his wisdom. 
And so we're living in an imperfect world and creation is crying out, waiting for the sons to take their place in order to rule it perfectly. Like that's what it wants. So I'm going to give us a little a little story out of the book of Daniel. I'm going to kind of summarize. But the book of Daniel, and it's in chapter 2, but it literally fulfills what you just read in James 1, verse 5. What you just read, it says, if any, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. Let him ask with faith and with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. So in this book of Daniel, I'm going to summarize so it's not super long, but King Nebuchadnezzar, and feel free to chime in, Casey, because you know dates and stuff better than I do, but comes in, overthrows, captures everybody, he takes the Israelites, he takes certain people of like the royal hood and the nobility, and he takes these wise people with him back to his land. So he does not follow God, he follows his own gods, and he has these guys eat their food and there's four guys, Daniel, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. Those are their, their given names at that point. But basically, he starts to train them, and they're just studying to learn because he wants these people to advise him. So then in chapter 2, he asks, and he says, Hey, I, I've got a dream, and I want you guys to tell me the interpretation, what it means, because I need to understand this. But he had felt that some of the sorcerers and the other people, the Chaldeans and these other people who interpret dreams were just lying to him. So King Nebuchadnezzar says, I want you guys to tell me my dream. If you guys can tell me my dream, then I'll know that you can actually give me the interpretation. So he calls in all of these people, but not God's people, not Daniel and Daniel and his boys. He calls in everybody else, and they're like, King, like, this is impossible. There's no way we can tell you what your dream is. Tell us the dream, and we'll interpret it. And he said, no. And he says, I'm so serious about this. I'm going to kill you if you don't tell me what my dream is. And they're like, who can do this? No one but God can do this. So he sends out the order, and his soldiers are going to go kill all the wise men in that nation. And Daniel hears what's going on, and Daniel talks to one of the soldiers. He goes, why is this so urgent? What's going on? Like, I don't understand. And the soldier says the king is going to kill every wise person because no one can interpret his dream and then give him the meaning of it. Daniel says, set up a meeting with the king, and I'll tell him what it means. Later in that chapter, he then goes back to his boys, and he says, hey, we need to pray and figure out what this dream is, or we're all going to die. So let's pause right there. He tells the soldier to go tell the king, I know what the dream means. I know what the dream is. I know what it means. Go tell him so everyone can stop dying. He then goes to his boys and says, let's pray and find the dream. So long story short, he figures out what the dream is. He goes before the king. He tells the king the dream, and then he saves everybody. But what's crazy is if you look at James, if any of you lacks wisdom— let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let not him ask without faith and with doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave that is driven and tossed back and forth in the wind. Yeah. So Daniel had faith that God would give him the answer to the point of death. He claimed to have the answer before he had the answer before King, who had already threatened to kill him. But because he did that, because he stepped, and then Romans eight nineteen for all creation is waiting for the sons of God to take your place. And then what Jordan Peterson said, the lack of your best hurts everybody. If Daniel hadn't taken his place in that moment, all of those other wise people, whether they were believing in God or not, were dying. Yeah. Daniel was going to die, and, yeah. and his boys, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego were going to die. Yeah. He took his place, called out in faith to hear the answer, had the answer, 
But then what was even cooler is he goes before the king, and he could just give the king the answer, and he's safe. But he says, none of your people know this? You got, you're the king. All your source, no one knows this. He says, I know it. But what was cool is he set the stage for God. He said, I know it, but I'm not any smarter than anybody else. I'm not any wiser than anybody else. But my God is. My God said this. And then the king fell on his face and like praised Daniel and praised his God and gave him. He was like the third in charge of the nation and had all right. this money and stuff. So because Daniel took his spot, Romans eight nineteen, all creation waits for the sons of God to take their place. And the lack of his best would hurt everybody. He took his spot, and in James 1, 5, he lacked wisdom but had faith in God, received the wisdom, and he's reigning and loving and giving God glory in it. Right. That's that's the point in this is that, um, you know, what Jordan is referring to here, you know, you, you, you lack vision, you lack responsibility. Daniel's sitting in a prison. Uh, it's... He's sitting in a prison, and yet he's a slave. Like he's literally, a slave. was brought there. But in that role, was he responsible to care for the people? No, no, not at all. He's just a slave, right? And yet, in God's kingdom, is he responsible to care for the people? Absolutely. That's that's that paradigm shift that we all need to be under as children of God. As sons of His, we are completely responsible for this world that He has put us to live in and to lead and to rule and to guide him. And as we take ownership and guide and love and build and do it rightly with him and with his wisdom and counsel, that's when he's put up on a, like, that's when that glory and that radiance takes place, right? And that's what happened. The king himself bowed before Daniel and said, there's no God like your God, the God of Daniel, right? And so God is glorified in this moment through a slave, right? Because he's willing to believe and trust God that he would pour out wisdom and guidance. Yeah. That is awesome. He was he was faithful to God in those moments, and God was faithful to him. That is awesome. And so that's that's one thing that we want to point at. Point at. What Jordan is... Um, is talking about here about being responsible and and having vision and doing your best because if you don't do your best it's going to hurt everybody. For Jordan that's kind of where it ends. The purpose of life kind of ends with serving your community and doing the best. And as Christians our purpose goes so much farther. Like like serving the community is is second to, right? We go back to the great commandments, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength, right? And, and the next is to love your neighbor as yourself. And so when, when, when you remove God and all you have is love your neighbor, then you have to get your value from the people. You have to get your praise from the people. And that's what, refer, what Jordan is talking about in that second point. People come up to him and they're always saying to him, you know, you've done so much for me. I just want to thank you because you have encouraged me and helped me. It's almost as if Jordan becomes someone's pseudo god it's this figure that they can trust and follow after right and and we want to go farther than the farther than that your purpose is not just to serve the community and serve the people that are around you and lead your family your purpose comes so much more from god you know and 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 to him than just the people like your motive is not just the needs of the people around you. Your motive is that God created you and he made you and he's called you to live out this great life 
as sons and daughters of him. And in doing so, you get to be like Daniel and stand in the face of opposition or stand in a foreign land where no one else believes what you believe. Or in a lion's den. Or in a lion's den, right? And you get to stand there confidently in faith and say, my God will lead me and he will shine and he will love me and care for me. And in doing so, he's also going to bless the nations and bless the people, right? That's the beautiful picture of what it means to follow God. That's that deeper purpose, our deeper why in Kavod family, you know, our, our reason for chasing is not just the glory of man, it's the glory of God. It's that that next next level. And so um, anyway, we just wanted to, to tease on that and talk about that because it's so important for us to tap into the why behind what we yeah, do. It's easy to lose sight, too, in the process of that because... Because Daniel could have easily leveraged having the having the answer to the dream and everything, and let all these other wise people die off. Yeah, like he could just let them get murdered, and he's like, "Cool, I won't be the only one." Like he could have been selfish in that and been looking out for himself and his wealth and his reign and his his position. But no, he's like, "Stop, I got it." And what an encouragement to know that if if you're in prison, living in a foreign land under a foreign king, and you're in jail, and yet God will meet you and encounter you intimately like that. Yeah, let, and let's let's reevaluate some of the stories in the Bible. This isn't the only story. Joseph, <laughs> Joseph was a slave, and he sat second under Pharaoh for what three pharaohs? It's like vice president for <laughs> however, and it wasn't four years. It was until that Pharaoh died. You know, like dude ruled. Yes, and, and he was just faithful to God. So there's two examples of people that actually had more influence on the people than the king that ruled because they lived for multiple but kingdoms. But that's, that's what qualified them. Was their relationship with God. It's, it's, yeah, they weren't qualified. They weren't looking for it. They didn't want it, but they loved God. Yeah, they, David was in the sheep whenever Samuel came to anoint a, the new king. He was out with the sheep, but that's what qualified him. It's because his time with God, he wanted God and he wanted nothing else. And God's like, that's what I want. I can use that. Yeah, you you realize at that moment that you're part of his plan. He has a purpose for you. And so, um, Travis, flesh this out as a father because, you know, when you're when you're raising your boys or your children or your girls, encouragement and speaking to them, helping them find that why is so important. You and I talked about this. Until your children completely connect with God and they make that that bridge and they get their why from the Father, the true Heavenly Father. You kind of play this role, and I play this role, and all parents play this role of kind of under-shepherds, under-encourager, under-wise, right? Like, you're the one that your children look to for affirmation and praise and encouragement, and they're going to learn that from you, and then when they build that relationship with God the Father, they're going to bridge that, and they're going to begin to get their affirmation from God the Father, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's just that's just a natural process that God uses to train children and raise them up to see and recognize who He is. The hope is that we're good parents in the image of God, and as they learn from us, they eventually go, wow, my dad showed me, you know, my, my dad reflected that part of God, that nature of God. And so do you have some, some moments where that's happened for you and Reed and the kids? I mean, I see you do it almost every day. You, you well, encourage then, and speak well, then maybe you tell it because I feel like I tell the same stories of my son. Um, but my my main thing that I would say that I don't always, I'm consistent with doing. I don't always consistently do it well, but I'm consistent in it. Is daily I'm like, why are we here? What are you doing? What is the point? You know, if we're doing math, if we're cleaning the gym or something, I'm like, why? And I get them. To, I just 
focused on the immediate thing that they're doing and the mundane or whether it's fun and they're making money or whatever, I get them to zoom out. I'm like, what's God doing? Why is he saying this? Why do you think I'm doing this? You see me work these long hours. What do you think I'm trying to create and pave? And they've they've learned so you know sometimes they might say money sometimes they might say oh it's cool that you can make your own hours that you're your own boss or they might say something worldly and it's not that i i tell them that they're wrong in that like cool that's a that's a cherry on top but the focal point is god the focal point is his people the focal point is loving on them how do we do that how do you do that how do you do that with me right. and i just get their gears thinking on a bigger picture of that so they understand their role for for all the creation longs for the sons of God to take their place. I want him to grow up knowing his place. So then whenever there's an opportunity, he just steps into it, you know? Yeah. Whether he gets it right or not. I mean, but see, then the beautiful picture is I saw this video forever ago and it was this woman who was like this crazy CEO, just crushing life. And they're like, how'd you do it? And she said, every day my dad came home and said, what did you fail at? And at the beginning we didn't say anything. And he said, that's unacceptable. And then when, when he got home, we got excited to tell him the list of things that we failed at. And he's like, okay, what did you learn? So she's like, I had a whole different perspective going into the business world of failing. And she's like, that's why I'm, on a worldly standpoint, really successful. It's because I wasn't scared of failing. So I've, I've tried to beat that into my kids since they could understand my words. Like, what is failure? Why did you fail? Did you fail? Did you learn something? What's God say about that? How do you how do you mold this moment and make it better? How do you get back to God in the, you know? And it's just created some crazy dialogue with a ten year old and a nine year old. I'm like, <laughs> I didn't know that till I was like twenty eight and you're ten and nine, you know? And you're learning that principle now. It's just talking, it's reps with them. You know, <clears throat> so we were on vacation and uh we went down and Met up with my father-in-law down in Florida. He had an RV, so he parked it at this RV park. It was a really fun place. And they had water slides and, and uh, what are those, one of those lazy rivers where you just jump in the tubes those and float around. Those are the best. <laughs> they really those were are the best. Well, they had all these other things that were there, Gaga Ball and, and just pools, you know, just really cool. bicycles everywhere. Yeah. Well, my 10-year-old, she, she didn't grow up with parents. You know, she got adopted last year. So she didn't grow up with parents that taught her a lot. Yeah. And so she, a ride a bike, she lived whatever. a very rough life. Yeah. And so she got to learn how to ride a bike for the first time in her life. That's last so cool. Week, 10 years old. That's pretty cool. Those right? are the memories. And so, but, but with that, because she had not learned how to, how to ride a bike, she's been developing a lot of little fears for little things. So she's hesitant. She doesn't want to try because she's going to fall and hurt, her, hurt herself, right? And so we, we rode and we rode and we rode and we rode and she fell and fell and fell and fell like constant failure over and over and over. And it took about an hour of us just being persistent in it. And the rest of the kids, you know, you get rid of them so that way they're not staring at her the whole time. And mom took off with those other kids. Well, it wasn't long by the, by the middle of that day that she's on her bike and she's just riding laps all over the RV park, having a blast. Beaming. Yes. And so she took one of those fears, right? And she turned it into something that she accomplished. Like she went after, she got a vision vision, and she took responsibility of that bike and she t- learned how to rule over it, right? Well, the whole time I'm playing that figure that's being the encourager. I'm the one that's holding her to her vision and, and to this goal and, and making sure she achieves it. And, and over time, she started to apply that over other things while we were down there, mm-hmm. the water slide. She was afraid of that. Sure. And then she took off with it. Well, it doesn't take long for a child to begin to 
see that this you've seen a model yes R- rinse and repeat that's the point right is that yes we're we're to take responsibility of things and we're to have a vision for what life is about and family is about and we're to go after it but we're going to fall we're going to fall off the bike and god's going to put us back in the saddle and get us going again and so as husbands and as fathers like you're going to make mistakes with your kids you're going to make mistakes but the goal is get back to the truths get back to the principles that god has taught you get back to the wisdom that he has for us and continue to try to walk those things out right and the more you apply it the more reps that you take the more that you walk it out I mean, the whole point of this is that we get to the end of our day, the whole reason we do this, just like my child, that night, she sat down at her bed and she looked at me and I told her, I said, you know what the highlight of my day was? And she looked at me and she said, when I rode my bike, I said, yeah, it was. And I was beaming and she was beaming, Yeah. right? And in a, in a true sense, you and I as fathers and, and those listening, you want to get to the end of your day and you can sit at the end of your bed and you can say... I lived my day with convictions and I applied the wisdom that God gave me and I repented for my failures and I corrected my mistakes and I walked, but God, I, I followed you. Yeah. And, and, and you, you can, provided a model for the next generation. Well, but, but you also feel his encouragement, mm-hmm. right? Like we, we often just go too long without pausing and sitting there and being like, you know what? We are sons and daughters of God and we're walking this thing out. And we may not be the most successful in the world's eyes, but in his eyes, man, I just <laughs> I just did what he told me to do. Like I should be greatly encouraged by what he's called me to do. And what's do. cool is when you when you do what he tells you to do, you naturally your best happens. You are your best when you tell him you walk when in, you do what he yeah. tells you to do. Like Jordan Peterson said, the lack of your best hurts everything. And if Daniel hadn't taken his spot, the lack of his best would have been people's lives. But see, Daniel wasn't, I mean, he was, but he wasn't focused on those people. He was just focused on God. Yeah. And he was like, okay, these people are dying, but I know I can hear that because my dad knows his dream. Easy, done. So it's cool. Like, it should be a weight lifted off of us to not have to stress and, and strive to be your best. You just go sit with dad and do what he says, and then you are your best. That is liber- to know that God in his nature is good and that he wants the best for your sons and your daughters and your wife. And so that means that if I chase him, ultimately my family will get the best of me, Mm -hmm. right? Not if I manipulate things and try to do my best and and work the angle and try to provide for him the way that I think that, that is best. But if I literally align myself with God and his ways, my family will get the best of me. That that's awesome. So anyway, I hope that encouraged you as you tuned in to listen to the Kavod Family Podcast. Um, listen, uh, our why does not stop with the people. It doesn't just stop with your own family. If your family doesn't appreciate you, if you feel like you're pouring yourself out to a husband that doesn't even understand why you continue to do the things that you do, maybe he doesn't believe in the Lord, or maybe uh, you have, you know, you're living or working at a place that just doesn't value uh, the integrity and the character and your walk with the Lord, do not be discouraged. We live our lives before a Father that sees and knows our heart. And if you position yourself where your heart is after Him, and if you position yourself to live and walk out your life in a place where you would honor Him, He is greatly encouraged by you. You are His son. You are His daughter. Be encouraged by that. Walk in His ways. And so we we just wanted to encourage you today. Your why is Christ. Your why is in Him.
Thank you for listening to the Kavod Family Podcast. Please like, share, and leave us a review. If you've enjoyed this content, or if you're familiar with some of our programs and partners in the Kavod Family Network, please consider becoming a donor at Kavod Family slash donation. God is in the process of restoring all things to himself. That begins with the person. That person is part of a family, and that family belongs to a community. Kavod Family is a 501c3 nonprofit ministry.